morning, everyone. It's good to see you. Today, um, I guess this morning, I had the, the thought that, to talk about the way Dogen talks about posture, but not just physical posture. Dogen, more than physical posture, actually talks a lot about postures of the mind. I always have to be reminded of this. So pretty much every day. But I was going to just go through the Fukunza Zengi a little bit. We're going to chant it and um, just talk a little bit about some of the lines. Because he starts out, Dogen starts out with a very, um, what, very, I was going to say enticing, but more than that, something, the first paragraph pulls me in, and I'm wondering what he's talking about. So he talks, he starts out with the way is basically perfect and all pervading. How could it be contingent upon practice and realization? I'm going to say all the lines of the first paragraph and go back to them. The Dharma vehicle is free and untrammeled. What need is there for concentrated effort? Indeed, the whole body is far beyond the world's dust. Who could believe in a means to brush it clean? It is never apart from one right where one is. What is the use of going off here and there to practice? You know, and there, there are so many ways that these lines are, can be and have been interpreted. But one way, and maybe one that would be supportive today, is that Dogen's speaking to us, because this is, the Fukunza Zengi is particularly encouragement for everyone to sit zazen. that he might be offering us a kind of encouragement that is about what we do in Zazen and that we don't have to do it. So the way is basically perfect and all pervading. How could it be contingent upon practice and realization? How often do we bring to Zazen that exact set of concerns and obsessions? What are the realizations? Is the practice right? Is the practice true? Is the practice going to lead to realization? I had a realization, now it's gone. I want another realization. That realization was very important. And I need to keep thinking about that realization because another one might not come. If I adjust my posture exactly like it was the last time and do exactly the same things, will the same realization happen? And we go on and on and on and on with these relation, this relationship between practice and realization as if we understand what is happening. As if the discerning mind can make sense out of what is happening in Zazen. And so Dogen just says, the way is basically perfect and all pervading. So stop it. You don't have to do this. 
This is not actually what the nature of zazen is, is worrying ourselves about practice and realization in this way. And he goes on to say the Dharma vehicle is free and untrammeled. What need is there for concentrated effort? Here's another sticking place. Am I fully concentrated? Am I concentrated enough? I'm distracted. My mind is going here. My mind is going there. If my mind were more concentrated, it'd be better zazen. It's not concentrated, so I should definitely be insulting myself right now. And doing whatever I can to bring myself back to the appropriate kind of concentration. Now, Dogen's not saying any of these things are a problem. Concentration's fine. But he's taking us to something deeper, a deeper posture than these. Indeed, the whole body is far beyond the world's dust. What could believe in a means to brush it clean? This whole relationship in the history of Zen, where we talk about awareness and our karma, the mirror and the ability to, to the mirror of our awareness, the mirror of mind, and our ability to clean the dust, clean the karmic conditioning from the mirror until there is the luminous mind. The mind isn't luminous enough. I'm not resting in vast awareness. My conditioning is shaking everything up. How do I get back? I've heard people talk about luminous mind. I need to get back to luminous mind. I need to get to the vastness of awareness that is perfectly settled. But there's this person here that keeps thinking and has pain, has a body, has emotions has lots of dust. So I can spend Zazen wrestling with awareness and dust, mirror and dust. Or we could say, as Dogen gives us permission, the whole body is far beyond any of this. We don't have to wrestle like that. And then finally, it is never apart from one, right where one is. And this never apart, really, awakening is never apart from one, right where one is. What is the use of going off here and there to practice? Which is what Dogen did, right? Dogen went to China because he didn't know, he wanted to find out what was going on. So he comes back to Japan and he writes this. And one of the first things he said is, you don't need to go anywhere after he just went somewhere. So he's writing from his own experience. <clears throat> this could be better in a better situation. This would be more realization, better zazen, more awareness, more clarity, if the situation was different. If I was a better practitioner, if I had gone and done X, Y, and Z, gaining mind, Dogen's opening up 
this whole discussion about zazen with not our physical posture. That comes later. He's opening it up by opening the field of the mind in a way that isn't about the things that normally we understand to focus our, our meditation practice. We're not focusing our meditation practice with concerns about practice realization or concentration or vast awareness and karma or practicing in the perfect situation. That's not the mental posture. This mental posture is something that is deeper, what is often called shikantaza, right? Which is all of this stuff is happening. And he's gonna encourage us to take a step backwards, step from it and allow what is to be allowed to arise and fall and all of the things and not get caught up in it. Now he does go on to say, he's, he, he, this isn't a kind of laziness. He says, and yet if there is the slightest discrepancy, the way is as distant as heaven and earth, heaven from earth. So if we um, obsessively sharply get into our discerning mind, we're not falling back into a posture that is deeper than that, that actually holds all of that. The posture of Shikantaza doesn't have a particular shape. It doesn't look like a particular thing. It doesn't look like a particular orientation because it's everything that's arising, being free to arise. It's shapeless in its shape. And it's dynamic and always moving and not grasping and not attaching. And sometimes it's full of confusion and sometimes it's full of clarity and sometimes it's full of karma and sometimes there's pain and sometimes joy arises and life keeps going. And all the three marks are there. Everything is moving in impermanence. We can't find self anywhere. And there is dukkha arising in the mind, in life. And if we start tearing that apart in some way to make it better, it gets worse. And he says, suppose one gains pride of understanding and inflates one's own enlightenment, glimpsing the wisdom that runs through all things, attaining the way and clarifying the mind, raising an aspiration to escalate the very sky, now this line, it depends how you interpret it, but <clears throat> I take this line to actually mean that Dogen is saying you have, there's some insight has happened. There's some clarity. There's realization. And even so one is making the initial partial excursions about the frontiers but is still somewhat deficient in the vital way of total emancipation because there's still this discernment. There's still this, oh, this is 
how I can describe my realization and my awakening and my enlightenment to you. This is how I understand it. This is the right way of speaking about it. I can now carry this forward to other people and have a kind of confidence. But this posture, I talk about postures of the mind that we can take on. Here's a posture of the mind that is kind of arrogant. We have all kinds of mental postures that we get into. They can be self-loathing. They can be appeasement. They can be grandiosity. They can be rigidity. And all of these, and we can go on and on and on, the way we relate to each other, one posture arises in one person and another posture based on karma arises in response. And we'll often defend our habitual mental postures because they're what we know. They're the truth. They're the basic. And we don't just assume these postures intellectually through thinking. Our whole bodies wrap around our karmic postures. The way we hold ourselves in the world, the way we move through space, the way we are beings. And so there's this deeper way that holds all of that, that allows for all of that. We're going to move through many, many, many mental postures. That's fine. You can consider them, they're the mental asanas that go through our day, right? We're moving through a whole sequence all the time. But shikantaza is that which does not grasp any of them. No matter how painful they are, no matter how confused they are. This is critical because it's too easy to fall into the mode, into the discernment that that Dogen's talking about, which then flips into a mind of fixing, a mind of making, getting the posture just right. But there is no just right shikantaza. There is no just right freedom. Liberation isn't tweaked into exactly the right place. It is a dynamic sloppy mess that is always spilling out into the world and the world spilling into it. And this is, and we're moving through this together without any division between us. And so the deepest posture required for freedom and healing is the one that can allow for that mess. that can allow for the mud. That really isn't concerned about cleaning things up because there's a deep awareness that dukkha is a mark and freedom and healing doesn't come from trying to clean up the world. But being completely with the world, with a out the desire to manipulate something into a particular posture of relationship with ourselves or with each other. 
Dogen's young when he writes this, so he might not be fully confident that people are listening to him. So his next line is, need I mention the Buddha? In case you don't trust me, there's the Buddha. Who was possessed of inborn knowledge. The influence of his six years of upright sitting is noticeable still. Now he's starting to move us from mental postures to talking about what it is to sit. <clears throat> These are deeply connected. Or Bodhidharma's transmission of the mind seal, the fame of his nine years of wall sitting is celebrated to this day. Since this is the case with the saints of old, how can we today dispense with negotiation of the way? It's zazen and sitting, and we see this all through Dogen. It is the posture of the body that allows for the deepening of the posture of freedom in the mind. This is a body practice at base. The mind and its freedom comes from body practices. We don't think our way into freedom. We don't have realizations of our way into freedom. Some of those come, but they're not particularly relevant. But our body is conditioned over time because we return to practices of sitting and devotion and sangha and ceremony and ritual and so on in ways that the body is conditioned in a way that allows the mind to begin to release and be free. And the mind, I don't even like talking this way because the mind is throughout the cells of the body. And the body throughout the whole of the mind. But this is about freeing our bodies and freeing our minds. You should therefore cease from practice based on intellectual understanding, pursuing words and following after speech, and learn the backward step that turns your light inwardly to illuminate yourself. Body and mind of themselves will drop away and your original face will be manifest. If you want to attain suchness, you should practice suchness without delay. This orientation that we have toward simply letting things be, even when we're doing particular practices and we do have practices, we start everybody off with breath meditation, right? But it's not a breath meditation where we're rigidly holding ourselves to the breath. It's a breath meditation that allows for the space of the natural breath to move. It's a resting with that breath. And in resting with that breath and letting the breath have its space, we're beginning to train the mind in letting everything have its space. Everything moves like the breath. Everything in the world is like the breath. It exists for a moment and it's gone. It's full of impermanence, we can't find it. It's sometimes subtle, sometimes clear, sometimes hazed over, sometimes lost to us, sometimes the only thing that is.
all things are like this. And when in our school, even if we're bringing our minds to the breath, we're bringing our minds to the breath with breadth, with space. We're letting our discernment and the intellectual functioning of the mind rest. Thoughts will come. Thoughts come. Thoughts arising and falling in Shikantaza feels quite different than the obsessive movie that plays in the mind. This is not, and 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 um, could be more explicit about this. This is not about canceling out thought and not having thought. That's probably not going to happen. But if you look at thought, there's different flavors to thinking. One flavor to thinking is the mind just starts on a movie role and is going and we're in it and we don't even know what's going on. Another flavor to thought is that the thought arises and falls away, a thought arises and falls away. And there's just thinking happening. But the ease remains, the space remains, the non-attachment remains. And so when we catch ourselves caught in this thinking, if we ob obsess on its opposite, we're not going anywhere. That's the equivalent of the clearing the dusty mirror or going off to other lands or obsessing over concentration. We're not going anywhere if we obsess on the opposite of what is happening to us. So this release, this is the middle way of mental postures, this release and simply allowing that there's a movie. and that we're aware of it and letting the breath be included and letting the room be included and allowing other things to be included in the movie slowly until we're here. But trying to shut the movie down, burn the movie house down, no, it, won't, it doesn't seem to work. For Sanzen, a quiet room is suitable. Eat and drink moderately. Talk about this word Sanzen for a moment. The character San, Dogen often flips back and forth between Zazen and Sanzen. Zazen, Zan is, Za is sitting. So sitting concentration or meditation. San is examining. So there's an aspect to this. We're not just sitting there like some unconscious blank slate allowing things to happen. We're watching. The mind is bright and aware. The mind is bright and aware even if we're not experiencing the mind is bright and aware. <laughs> this is why Zazen's working on us even when we don't know what Zazen is doing. So there is a... Um, A watching, the mind is a movie, uh, the body's in pain, this is happening. Um, we don't need to wrestle 
or believe anything has to be different in this situation. Now, this makes some it makes us sometimes nervous because we think it's a characterization of what we should be doing with the whole of life. We shouldn't be thinking about trying to make things different and what's that mean for suffering in the world and so on. But Dogen is not talking about all the postures of our mind. He's talking about the deepest one. And the deepest one is the one that holds all the others. So the mind that wants the suffering of the world to end by social engagement, by whatever it is, still must be underpinned by the mind of release. Still must be underpinned, must be free within the mind that is not fixing on any particular shape of the world because the world doesn't have any particular shape. It doesn't have any particular direction that we understand. We don't know what's happening. And so in the postures where we need to know, there has to be the deepest shikantaza of we don't. And when that arises and falls, we're saying, okay, I have to respond to suffering in the world. This is the way I think I should be responding to suffering in the world, but I don't know. I'm going to go with this. This seems appropriate at the moment. But are we bringing this posture of shikantaza to that, or do we leave it on our seats? We understand we're supposed to be doing it in zazen, that there should be a straight spine and an open heart and a relaxed musculature and trusting our skeletal frame and feeling ourselves rooted into the earth and letting the mind rise and fall without grasping. And we know that. And sometimes we find that um, deeper posture, but then when we move out into the world, when we stand up, do we take it with us? And we can't really take it with us, but <laughs> are we devoted to it? Dogen talks a lot about um, posture, and we have to sit, and we, we can't all sit lotus and half lotus in the way that he's talking about here, especially as we get older. But there still are things that I think I won't go through it all, but there are things that, that we should look at and maybe take seriously if we can do them because there are directions that are being given to us by our ancestors. So there's specifics to the posture here. Then he says, once you have adjusted your posture, take a deep breath. Inhale and exhale, rock your body right and left and settle into a steady and movable sitting position. Think of not thinking. How do you think of not thinking? Non-thinking. This is itself, this in itself is the essential art of Zazen. This non-thinking is distinct 
from not thinking. This is important because he's pointing again to something deeper in the mind that is before discernment. It is not anti-discernment. It is not against thinking. It is not against the movement of the mind. It is not trying to make things still. It is not trying to make things better. It's allowing. It's allowing thoughts to arise. It's allowing silence to be there. It's allowing silence to be through all things. Even the chattery mind. The zazen I speak of is not learning meditation. This, what's translated here as learning is often called step-by, is sometimes translated as step-by-step. In other words, it's not a meditation where we're building something. We're getting better. We passed point A and now we're moving on to point B and point C. 10 minutes. This is important because we'll do this to ourselves. We will do this to ourselves in more subtle ways. Is the Dharma gate of repose and bliss, the practice realization of totally culminated enlightenment that we're just resting to the degree that we can know with all of the fuss that's going on and some of it's going to be difficult and some of it will be blissful. All the fuss that's going on at the deepest level, we're resting in life. We're resting in the earth. We're resting in presence. We can let the body fully and completely rest in whatever is happening, even if it's having a deeply tense response to what's happening. Laura often talks about um, relaxing with not being relaxed, right? This is a, um, this is shikantaza in relationship to everything else. She can tell us it's relaxed. It's not caught up. The mind is not confused about the world. It's not hardening and becoming rigid and freaking out and doing everything it's doing, even if it's doing all of those things. And to begin to um, sense into what is deep, what is trusting, when we don't trust? What is faith when we have no idea what to do when the people around us aren't trustworthy? And then I'll end with this. Um, once its heart is grasped, you are like a dragon gaining the water like a tiger taking to the mountains. For you must know that just there in Zazen, the right Dharma is manifesting itself and that from the first dullness and, dist and from the first dullness and distraction are struck aside. This taking to the mountain. This is, it's a gorgeous metaphor because Dogen is 
talking about the final, um, not the final, but the full acceptance of our karmic conditioning and our life. Shikantaza fully realized in our life is the full acceptance of that life, is the full acceptance of ourselves as human beings. And when we fully accept ourselves as human beings in this life, then we do move like a dragon in the water. There isn't this wrestling. There isn't this self-hatred. There isn't this, all of these things. And even if those things do come up, we know what they are. And to, to point to another um, sutra from or the only thing he calls the sutra, the Mountains of Water Sutra by Dogen, this tiger that takes to the mountains, when the tiger takes to the mountains, the tiger disappears into the mountains. And we come to realize that there's only the mountains walking. There was never a tiger. The tiger is the mountains, the mountains is the tiger. And when that becomes clear to us, then there's fluidity, there's life being life. So to the degree that we can, let's sit as life being life. Sometimes our mind will get distracted, we'll have to bring it back to the breath. Sometimes our posture will curve around our own karma, will collapse, will not trust ourselves, will get rigid and angry. That's fine. See if we can find the posture that's deeper than that posture. We don't have to wrestle with that posture. But what is deeper than that posture? And then that posture will come into its own, like a tiger taking to the mountains. We don't have to get rigid with ourselves. We just have to feel into ourselves as life completely. Step back, let our mind see, examine, allow the life that is arising. And the bitter stories that come, okay, that's part of it. That can be allowed for too. That can be allowed to move through the mountains and swim in the water. So gentleness and discipline, love, care. And let's support each other in um, fully being who we are despite the endless stories we've been told about that. Thank you all for being here and, um, and for committing to this practice together and for supporting each other. This is not possible without each other. We hold each other we hold each other in this posture of Zazen.
we hold each other in this posture of awakening. I don't think any of us could do that ourselves. So, thank you. May Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the Brooklyn Zen Center. Our programs are given free of charge and made possible by the donations we receive. For more information on supporting Brooklyn Zen Center, please visit the giving section of brooklynzen.org.